He did make the trip, has an off day. Evan Woodbury from MLive.com, Tigers beat writer, and also he follows everything Major League Baseball for MLive.com. He's standing by in the Meyer guest line. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good, man. You know, loving the 90-degree weather. Off day is kind of crazy when you look at the empty ballpark right to my right here with Tropicana Field. I was inside there yesterday with some of our winners. Uh, Watch the game. Uh, I'm really impressed with how Rodriguez threw. And outside of Meadows, though, uh, the bats need some work. But we have to be careful overthinking it because Tampa has some of the best pitching in baseball. Yeah, and the guy they saw yesterday uh, <laughs> come in on day one, pitch one, batter number one, and he's throwing 98, 99 miles per hour right off the bat. Mm. Uh, Shane McClanahan is really good. And, you know, obviously the offense has a lot to, to live up to after the struggles last year, a lot to, to uh, turn around after the struggles last year. But, um, you know, after there'll be plenty of time to be concerned all summer long. I, I, I don't think it's I think a little bit too early after facing uh, Shane McClanahan, who's probably one of the best in all of baseball. And also, when you throw in defense uh, between double plays and that catch in right field, uh, you get defense, you get pitching, uh, both with your starters and out of the pen. Uh, that's the magical formula for what the Rays have built up uh, here in Tampa, and also a tough one to beat no matter what team you are. Yeah, they've got a really balanced lineup, one through nine. Their defense is, seems like it's always exceptional, uh, and they've got a lot of they've got kind of a formula with their arms, where they always have, uh, you know, they can they can take some guys that are castoffs of other teams and turn them into to legitimate contributors, whether in the rotation or in the bullpen. So the the Rays have a really good formula that the Tigers and a lot of other teams would, would like to copy, and, and they're a pretty tough way to start the season. You know, like I said, Rodriguez, you know, five and a third, three hits, uh, three earned runs, uh, only walked two, struck out five. I, you know, for you know, for the new number one, where he just had so much going on, on and off the field last year. I, my hope begins with your number one starter looking like Rodriguez did yesterday. Yeah, if the Tigers are going to have any chance of turning things around this year. Uh, he's going to have to be the Eduardo Rodriguez that they envisioned that he would be when they signed him. And so far, that you know, this spring he was phenomenal. I mean, almost effortless in spring, which is what you want to see. Uh, you know, he is a veteran. He knows how to prepare. He knows how to be ready. Last year, for him and so many other players, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong for him and and, and others. It was off the field as well as on the field. So, you know, the hope is a, a fresh start, a clean slate in 2023 will be what he needs to uh, you know, to be the pitcher that they hoped he would be. Yeah, eight runners left on base. And like I said, you know, the double plays uh, and the catch in right field, uh, the difference. From what you witnessed in Lakeland, uh, just up the highway here from St. Pete, uh, to what you watched yesterday, uh, was this what you expected in game one? Well, I, I think... The hope is that the offense is going to be better. That obviously you take everything that happens in spring training with a huge grain of salt. But they did hit well in the spring, and they showed a lot, a lot more power than was expected in the spring. Certainly compared to last year, and you know that's a big factor. Not only were the Tigers not very good offensively, they they were uh, at the bottom of the league when it came to power. Uh, they're moving the fences in this year. That was not totally unrelated to last year's struggles. And, you know, the hope is that they'll be able to put some more balls in the seats. 
and so that, I mean that didn't happen in game one but I think that's that's going to be a big factor is guys like uh, Spencer Torkelson hitting 20, 25, 30 home runs Austin Meadows people forget his last two full seasons before he came to the Tigers he averaged 30 home runs a year people don't think of him as a power guy but he absolutely has the the ability to, to hit one out of the park he hasn't hit a home run yet in a Tigers uniform so there is the potential for untapped power that, in theory, will will fuel that offense. Uh, but we didn't see it in day one. The hope is that we'll see it in the days to come. Evan Woodbury follows the Tigers for MLive.com joining us. He's in St. Pete. We're in St. Pete at Ferg's, uh, right across the street from Tropicana Field. Tigers and the Rays game two of the opening weekend series tomorrow, game three on Sunday. From my vantage point, they're right along the first baseline. I will tell you, first off, uh, did Jonathan Scope ever dive for a ground ball in spring training? That would be my first one. I thought he could have got to at least one, if not both of them, uh, to keep runs from scoring. Uh, that would be at the top of the list. And I I do wonder, when I look at Haas batting third, he doesn't look like a three-hole hitter, never has to me. Uh, Torkelson not able to lift the ball. And again, great pitching with Tampa. And Kreidler, you know, looked like a, a young player, you know, striking out a couple of times. So that, that bottom side of the lineup, I have some concerns. But I, I really I want to see when they're not, you know, facing all-star caliber pitching uh, on the bump right. to start and also in the pen. Right. For, for Eric Haas, I think you'll probably see him down at the bottom of the lineup when they're facing the right-handed pitcher, when they're facing the left-handed pitcher, who he usually uh, is really good against. They might move him to the middle of the order. But by and large, I think everything's going to be a work in progress this year. I mean, this spring, I've had more difficulty predicting what the lineup is going to look like than any other year that I've covered the Tigers, just because they do have so many interchangeable parts, guys that can play various positions. There's new guys here. There's there's players that uh, there's a new regime here and you don't know who, who they want to get bats for, who, they're, who they've soured on. Jonathan Scope, who you mentioned, he's beginning the year as, as the starting second baseman. Will he be the starting second baseman in a month or will he be sort of a utility type guy? You know, that remains to be seen. So I think even as even after six or seven weeks of spring training, there's still a lot of questions, and, and the lineup that you see on any any given day is going to vary quite a lot. I agree. Work in progress. It was surprising sitting across the street at Tropicana Field, Evan, to see Miguel Cabrera. I'm trying to think the last time Miguel Cabrera was ever penciled in uh, in the seven hole in any lineup, even going back to Venezuela, right? Yeah, well, certainly to start the year where – you know that's it doesn't even seem strange or alarming anymore just uh just because it's going to be that kind of year and that's you, you want to talk about that's another uncertainty is exactly how are they going to use them this year uh we're thinking maybe once a series or what happens if it's a series where there are two left-handers like this weekend against tampa will he come back and play again on sunday uh will will aj hinch say in advance which games he's going to play because you think this is a final season not only at home, but also on the road, there's going to be a lot of fans who are going to come, want to come out and say goodbye. You know, teams will want to know when to plan their, their Miggy goodbye ceremony when he's on the road. So there's a lot of, of questions surrounding his final year, too, how the Tigers are going to deploy him. And then, of course, what they're going to do when he's not in the lineup. Will we see Kerry Carpenter, maybe? Uh, you know, how are they going to maybe move Austin Meadows to the DH for, for some games? They've got a lot of things they can do with that as well, and we'll have to see how uh, how AJ Hinch plays with that lineup. 
Evan Woodbury from MLive.com, Tigers beat writer, joining us on the Meyer guest line here in the huge show across Michigan. Scope just, and I, I said this last year, he, he he just doesn't have good range. And I think uh, when you look at Major League Baseball and how many guys put the bat on the ball, and especially with the Tigers staff, uh, they need a second baseman with more range. And, and I'm, I'm not saying Scope's going to go hit 290, so you're giving up his fielding for his bat. They even pinch it for him yesterday. I, I just think they need more range at second base. Uh, runs are going to be a premium uh, for this team. And I agree with what you said. Is he going to be the starting second baseman in two weeks, in a month, uh, this weekend? Who knows? But uh, they have some fringe guys. Miguel Cabrera on the fringe and I, the backside of his career scope. And, you know, I, they got some options uh, with young players. But I, in watching that game, I walked out of Tropicana Field. Evan and I said, okay, I'm not ripcording on the entire season, but I'm fine with seeing the young athletic guys play as much as you can and find out who can be major league ready, whether it's this year or 2024. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, this will be a learning year for, for the new regime, the new management in charge. The fear in saying that, of course, is, you know, what if the worst case scenario happens? What if all the guys they got in, in the Phillies trade for Gregory Soto turn out uh, not to be everyday players? What if Riley Green doesn't take that next step? What if Spencer Torkelson doesn't take that first step? You know, where do you go in 2024? Uh, so it, it's almost like it's, you know, this, you, you can do a lot of best case and worst case scenarios for this team. But the worst case scenarios are not only really bad for 2023, they're really bad for 2024 and 2025 and 2026 as well. The best mm. case scenario is that the Tigers start to turn things around and that you have some guys that you can count on as building blocks as you go look ahead to the next few years. Speaking of building blocks, uh, Spencer Torkelson, uh, he swung the bat well at spring training. You're not facing frontline guys. A lot of guys are just getting their arms ready. They're not uh, spotting their pitches like they normally would in regular season games. I sat and watched them, and I, I just don't know. Uh, if he's major league ready, did they rush him last year? Your thoughts on Spencer Torkelson? Uh, I mean, obviously, if if they knew what they know now, without a doubt, he, he would not have started the year in Detroit. He would have started the year in Toledo. Whether that would have made a difference in the end, who knows? But I think certainly if they had the, the perspective of, of seeing how things would turn out, they would have waited a little bit longer. Uh, but now that he's here, I think you have to stick with him. I think you have to give him an extended look. Uh, because if, if he doesn't work out, that's not a situation they want to be in. They, they are, have to be heavily invested in, in him working out and being a success and being a, an everyday ball player. You know, he, he hit the ball hard yesterday. He just hit the ball hard on the ground. You know, you'd like to see him get a little bit more loft. You'd like to see him put the ball in the seats more often than he did last year. Uh, but he did. He hit the ball hard in spring. He seems to, uh, to be in good shape physically and mentally. And, you know, that's the thing. I just think it's it's not easy being the number one overall pick and having everybody, uh, you know, analyzing every at-bat. I don't think – I think it was probably harder than, than he realized it would be last year, harder than he might have admitted. But I think maybe going through those struggles last year will, will help him this year, uh, not just on the field, but also with all the, the you know, the, the mental pressures as well. Is there any explanation before I let you go? And Evan Woodbury, MLive.com, Tigers beat writer, joining us on the Meyer guest line here in the huge show across Michigan. We're live right across the street from Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida, at the world-famous Ferg's Sports Bar and Restaurant. Uh, I know you normally get that 
opening week, Friday off if you're opening on Thursday in a cold weather city in case of weather, but this is a dome stadium. Uh, any rhyme or reason why they had today off and then they'll play uh, straight through uh, the Tigers' home opener next Thursday in Detroit? Yeah, I said the exact same thing that you did because it didn't make sense to me. The thing is, MLB wanted, for whatever reason, they wanted all 30 teams to play on Thursday. They wanted every everybody to open the season on the same day. The Tigers only play Tampa three times in Tampa and three times in Detroit this year. Because of the way the schedule's set up now, they can't play Tampa four, four times here in St. Pete. They can only play them three times. So the option was either taking the off day on Friday or taking the off day on Sunday. I probably would have preferred to take the off day on Sunday and just have an extra day traveling to Houston. But I think for ticket sales purposes, they, I mean, it would be weird to have an off day on Sunday, almost as weird to have an off day on, on Friday. It was going to be weird one way or another, but they needed to fit an extra off day because they couldn't play Tampa four times and they needed to start the season on Thursday with the other 29 uh, major league teams. Which I don't agree. I'm being honest. I don't agree with all 30. I think they should split it up to Thursday, Friday, but that's just my thought process. And you get the coverage and everything that's going on with Major League Baseball, the rule changes, which in person, sitting as a fan yesterday, Evan, and for the first regular season game uh, with the new Major League rule changes, uh, the pitching clocks are interesting to watch during a game and some even when they were checking out Shep and Simo on Valley Sports Detroit. Uh, that you now have the clock counting down. Uh, Marty Boer from the Michigan Sports Network told me before our show today he really liked the two minutes and or two hours and 18 minutes. I like the pace. There was nothing about the new rules that really stuck out to me as a negative. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was almost, it was almost too fast yesterday because it's opening day and you kind of want to sit back and enjoy it. But now talk to me in August when the Tigers are playing the Royals and both teams are 30 games under 500 or something, and I'm going to be loving that, that pitch clock in those two hours and 20-minute <laughs> games. But it did. It felt it felt fast yesterday. Like, it, the pace was good. It was a good, crisp rhythm. And then you look up at the end, and it had been two hours and 15 minutes. It, you don't see that very often, but I think we're going we're gonna to start getting more used to it. Evan, uh, good stuff. Thank you so much. Great work, as always, at MLive.com. Everybody can follow the Tigers at Major League Baseball with Evan Woodbury at MLive.com. Enjoy your off day. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.